0: Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. And welcome to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Hector Duran of Hamilton Vascular Center. They have two locations, one in the Medical Arts Building on Burleson Road in Dalton, the other inside Hamilton Physician Group, Murray Campus, on GI Maddox Parkway in Chatsworth. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Duran.
1: Glad to be here, Bobby.
0: Dr. Duran's a board-certified vascular surgeon, He is bilingual, speaking both English and Spanish. Dr. Duran, how long have you been with Hamilton?
1: So I've been with Hamilton for the last three years now.
0: Three years. Fantastic. Uh, Now, why did you choose to become a vascular surgeon? Of
1: all the things you could have done. (laughs) So uh, my training, um, we're actually board certified in general surgery and uh, vascular surgery so it's in order to become a general a vascular surgeon you have to become a general surgeon first you get an exposure to all the different subspecialties within surgery itself and vascular is really what uh, piqued my interest it it was very technical and and you get to work on a lot of different parts of the body Um, so it, it was more intriguing to me
0: okay I understand
1: but what I don't understand what is vascular disease what is that So vascular disease is uh, diseases that encompass pretty much anywhere the blood flows. So it can be in arteries, it can be in veins, and we also do deal with lymphatics as well. Lymphatics? Uh, Lymphatics. Now, what is that? Lymphatics are basically, um, they're like blood vessels that carry the waste product of muscle. So if you think of muscle as a factory, uh, factories have waste Mm -hmm. that they produce, and that waste needs to get carted away. So that waste goes through what's called lymphatic channels, and then it goes through the lymph nodes and gets cleared up, and then it gets dumped back into the circulation. So uh, people who, for example, have lymphatic problems uh, oftentimes come in with leg swelling, which also can be confused with venous disease. So it, it, um, they all pretty much come in with, with similar symptoms. Now, do people have that sometimes, but not always? Correct. So some people will have um, lymphatic disease. You're talking about lymphatic disease, yes, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. So some people will have lymphatic disease. Uh, for example, if, if they acquire some kind of virus, they get an infection or something, um, then it can clog up these lymphatic channels and that will cause swelling there uh, they get treated with different massage therapies and compression therapies, and that can improve.
0: Well, the reason I'm asking is because sometimes my father suffers from that, his legs will swell up, and then sometimes they won't. correct. and he'll go to the doctor and they'll do something to him, and, and then he's back to normal for a long time. so uh, very good, very I've learned something, and we just got started <laughs> that that is fantastic. A uh, vascular disease. Now, people who are having problems, and it's not just in the legs, of course, but I a lot of times think of the legs. When I think of vascular disease, it has a lot to do with blood circulation.
1: Correct. So it's, it's basically anywhere where the blood travels except for the heart and inside of the brain. So neurosurgeons take care of blood vessels inside of the brain. Um, Cardiologists and cardiothoracic surgeons take care of blood vessels uh, that are, you know, in the heart. Right. And vascular surgeons do everything else. So we take care of blood vessels in your neck. We take care of blood vessels in your chest, in your abdomen, in your arms, in your legs, all of the blood vessels that feed your gut, your kidneys. Wow. And basically two different types of uh, diseases that go with that, uh, being diseases that clog up the arteries, clog up the circulation, um, and diseases that cause the blood vessels to expand, uh, more commonly known as the aneurysms.
0: An aneurysm. Correct. And people die from an aneurysm.
1: Oh, absolutely. The concept of an aneurysm is when a blood vessel increases in diameter by twofold, meaning okay. it's double the size of a normal blood vessel. So depending on where you are in the body, blood vessels are, the normal blood vessel would be a certain size when that blood vessel, because the wall begins to deteriorate and weakens, um, very similar to a balloon. Um, as it expands, it, it you know, can pop. Um, and so there are aneurysms that occur in the carotid arteries, which are in the neck. There are aneurysms which occur in the aorta, in the thoracic aorta in your chest. There are, the most common aneurysms are the abdominal aortic aneurysms, um, which occur in the abdomen. Um, You can get aneurysms in your legs as well. So they they can occur everywhere. And that is or could be fatal. Correct. Absolutely. We've got a lot to talk about, a
0: lot to cover today. I'm excited about you being here. Uh, I've got a lot of questions for you. I uh, have been to a vascular surgeon, and so uh, I've got a little something that uh, is going on with me. I'm going to ask you about that. So uh, we're going to have a good visit. Excellent. Uh, That sounds sounds good to me. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break here on Health for Life. Stay with us, and uh, we'll be right back.
2: If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you.
0: And we're back on Health for Life, talking with Dr. Duran from Hamilton Vascular Center. Great to have you in Murray County. Thank you. That is fantastic. And that is a community there that is really growing. Murray County is a great place to live. I've got a lot of friends there, and it's great that you guys are there. I think that's wonderful. We've learned about vascular disease. Uh, There are some people that are more at risk for for vascular disease.
1: Is that correct? Absolutely. What are some of the risk factors? Essentially, the older you get... Um, you know you're going to get some degree of vascular disease, um, and and so there are certain obviously certain risk factors that will accelerate that process. Uh, the four big ones that we primarily um, focus in on are high blood pressure. Diabetes, cholesterol, and smoking. So if you've got any- (laughs) Well, I've got two of those, so I understand. (laughs) If you've got any or all of those, then you're going to have peripheral disease or vascular disease in general, Okay, Um, be it peripheral vascular disease, aortic aneurysms, um, carotid disease. Anywhere where the blood flows in your body, you are going to get disease. And that includes in the heart, for example, if you have heart disease, meaning- you know, your, your coronary arteries are clogged up, Right, I can guarantee you, you've got vascular disease elsewhere, whether it's giving you symptoms or not uh, is a different story. But anywhere the blood travels, you're going to get that damage to the blood vessel, and that will cause the vascular disease. Obviously, age has a lot to do with it as well. And then there's, you know, hereditary components as well. So this does run in families. So what about diet? Uh, diet again it, you know basically high fat diets uh, when you're dealing with glucose so in other words diabetics right uh, those those are the big um you know uh, precursors to vascular disease you you want to keep a low fat diet you want to keep blood sugars in check um keep your blood pressure in check um and and again the biggest thing that i see on a daily basis is is cigarettes and, and that's the one thing that unfortunately um as you know I counsel people on smoking cessation, um you have to understand that even if you quit smoking, the dam you've done some form of damage to the blood vessels already and, and that does not repair itself. Um so in other words, um, you know, for example, if you quit smoking Um, after a certain amount of time, your risk of lung cancer decreases dramatically. Uh, Unfortunately, with the blood vessels, it doesn't work that way. So in other words, the damage that was done even in your youth will come back to get you when you're older because the damage has been done.
0: I understand. Now, when you
1: talk about cholesterol, we're talking about plaque a lot of times? Correct, correct. So plaque is essentially a combination of uh, cholesterol, macrophages, other components of the blood that basically form a, um, a nidus on, inside the blood vessel, which will continue to grow until it eventually cuts off the circulation uh, downstream.
0: A lot of people suffer heart attacks Correct. because of that. Correct. And uh, if you have had a heart attack or heart disease, as you mentioned, more than likely
1: you've got. Correct. You've got some form of vascular disease. And, and oftentimes, I'll tell you, Bobby, we, we prefer for people to come... and and get screened or find out what their level of vascular disease is before it causes problems. You don't want to show up in the emergency room with, you know, a blue leg because you don't have circulation to it. You would have much rather have caught it earlier knowing that you had coronary disease. Come in and see the vascular surgeon, get some screening tests done, uh, which are very simple ultrasound tests that we do to measure blood flow. And then that gives us an idea of what kind of uh, risk you are for subsequent disease. Now, people that are listening, what are some of the
0: symptoms that people should be looking for if they suspect they may have vascular disease?
1: Yeah, so the, the one of the more popular symptoms that we see in the office is obviously leg pain. Uh, people come in and they describe uh, what we refer to as claudication, which is cramping in your calves as you walk, uh, weakness in your legs. Um, and that oftentimes can get confused with back problems as well. And so people who have bad backs, they come in with leg pain as well. Um and then it's up to us to differentiate whether that uh pain in their legs is due to the you know, lumbosacral spine problems or is it vascular disease. Wow,
0: my goodness. So people with pains in their legs they definitely need to go see you.
1: Correct. Pain in the legs, swelling. Obviously, as you know, we earlier had talked about uh, lymphatics right. and lymphedema. Um, vascular disease also takes care of veins and varicose veins, and that is a hereditary disease, um, and that also generally presents with leg swelling. Oftentimes, it can be painful. Um, however, the the pain that comes with varicose veins generally occurs towards the end of the day or at night, whereas the pain that occurs in your legs from lack of arterial circulation generally occurs while you're walking so oftentimes people will notice well i used to be able to walk all the way to the mailbox and back without any pain in my legs and now i've i can walk halfway to the mailbox and i've got to stop or i'm in the grocery store shopping and i can't make it through the entire grocery store without having to stop because i get cramps in my legs those cramps as i stop then they get better and I'm able to continue. That is what we refer to as classic claudication, uh, which is the name for that uh, type of pain. And it describes to us lack of circulation. Well, is this a lot of times in your calves? Correct. Most times it's in your calves, depending on the level of where the blockages are, um, it can occur uh, higher. So blood vessels in, in your trunk area are obviously bigger than the blood vessels lower down in your legs. Um, When you have blockages, for example, in the blood vessels in your thigh, you're going to have pain in your calves. When you have blood vessels in the larger arteries of the abdomen, then you're going to get pain in your thigh areas. I got you. So it affects the area below where the blockage is.
0: My goodness. A lot to know. And now, real quick, we're going to take a break in just a moment. One of the things we talked about in our last segment, and uh, you are a surgeon, you went through general surgery before this.
1: Correct, correct. We do five years of general surgery training, and then I did an additional two year subspecialty in vascular surgery. Is that
0: right? Mm -hmm. That is fascinating. You've seen everything. Yep. Seen (laughs) absolutely everything. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to find out how testing is performed for vascular disease. Don't go away.
2: Do you know the symptoms of a heart attack? Don't ignore symptoms like pain or discomfort in your chest, arms, back, neck, or jaw, or shortness of breath or nausea. Call 911 immediately if you think you or someone you're with is having a heart attack. Seconds count during a heart attack. Trust your heart to the hospital that is number one in Dalton, Chattanooga, and Cleveland for interventional coronary care. Hamilton Medical Center. Health for Life.
0: Welcome back to Health for Life talking with Dr. Duran from Hamilton Vascular Center, Hamilton Physician Group, Murray County, Uh, and we're talking about vascular disease. One of the tests, or what are the tests, to find out if you have peripheral vascular disease. What's some of the testing
1: that you do? So physical exam is is a big part of of determining whether someone has um, vascular disease or not. Most people um, for example, when you go in to see your doctor, they, you'll see them feeling for pulses in your feet, mm-hmm. pulses in your arms. Um, those are to see if we are able to feel the circulation in your legs. Most people who have peripheral vascular disease or vascular disease in general, um, which is where their arteries are clogged up, you won't be able to feel pulses in their feet. Um, so in other words, we have to rely on other mechanisms. Um, to measure the blood flow in the, in their legs, would that be like an ultrasound? Correct. So we do ultrasound uh, tests. Um, our office uh, runs a um, a vascular lab, is what we call it, um, and we have specialized ultrasound techs that do uh, an array of vascular uh, studies uh, with ultrasound, which is you know non-invasive. So in other words, it's basically like just putting a probe over your skin. With gel, um, and what they're able to do is they're able to look inside of your leg, look at the blood vessel, they're able to look at the contours of the blood vessel to see if there's any irregularities in it, right? And they're actually able to measure the speed of the blood going through your blood vessel, um, which to us is very important because it gives us a determination as to whether of or to what degree of blockage you might have in your legs um, or in your abdomen or in your carotid arteries. So the, these ultrasound tests. Are able to be done um, pretty much all over where we um, operate now
0: when you're checking for this you're talking about the speed of the blood as it goes through correct that is fascinating yeah the- they're <laughs>
1: actually able to see how quickly blood goes through and and, and a good uh, analogy to this it think of a, of a water hose um, for example, whenever you turn on a water hose, the water is coming out at a you know, certain rate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as you put your thumb over the end of that water hose, what happens to the water? It's, well, The water goes out quicker. That's it shoots right. out further and it goes out quicker. Yep. So that is essentially a blockage in the artery. So and when you put your thumb over that hose, gotcha. you that's are- That's the plaque. That's the plaque. Okay. And you're actually having to make that blood travel faster through there in order to get through. And so that ultrasound exam is actually able to detect that increase in velocity of the blood, meaning it goes quicker through that area. And then that will we can quantify that into a certain percentage of blockage. Understand oh, that not wow. all blockages require surgery. So I, I am a vascular surgeon. However, I would tell you that the majority of the people that I treat, I do not operate on. Um, and so we treat people without having to do surgery on them until the very end where surgery is required and so surgery you know when you come see a vascular surgeon doesn't mean you you need surgery doesn't mean you're going to get surgery um, and um, oftentimes we're able to treat people without surgery to improve their situation
0: and that's by medication by oral medication
1: with medication uh, with counseling, as far as smoking cessation, right? Um, walking programs. So in other words, uh, just walking, a, a regimented walking program uh, will do wonders for people who have early onset vascular disease. Um, then there are certain medications that can improve blood flow. What are um, some of those medications? So uh, there's two, two primarily that we talk about um, as far as improving blood flow, and those are Trentol and Platol. Um, those drugs, what they help do is help form what's called collateral circulation. So in other words, if I have a blockage, a collateral blood vessel is a blood vessel that will develop to go around the area of blockage. Uh, A good analogy that I I use for, for people is to think of it as an expressway and side streets. So in other words, your blood vessel is the expressway. Well, if there's an accident on the, on the expressway. Then traffic goes through the side roads to get around. Got that's you. the exact same thing that's happening with collateral circulation. Um, you've blocked up the expressway, which is the main preferred route to get there, but you can still get there through uh, collaterals. Now,
0: would you sometimes maybe feel some numbing sensation there, or uh, like it's going to sleep, where you're not getting good flow?
1: Correct, and that's another that's another sign. So people lose sensation. Um, to their legs, but also that can also be confused in diabetics with neuropathy. So in other words, people who have diabetes, they also get nerve damage um, and oftentimes come in with numb feet and and that can also be a sign of vascular disease. Um, Hair loss on your legs is another sign, Um, people, men in particular, who, you know, they start losing their hair uh, on their legs. Um, is a sign that they may not be getting enough circulation to their legs.
0: Is that Would that be they're not getting enough blood flow for the hair to grow?
1: Correct. Correct. Wow, Absolutely. That is, that is something.
0: Such good information today. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about varicose veins and the treatment that is offered for them at Hamilton Vascular Center.
2: Do you know the symptoms of a heart attack? Don't ignore symptoms like pain or discomfort in your chest, arms, back, neck, or jaw, or shortness of breath or nausea. Call 911 immediately if you think you or someone you're with is having a heart attack. Seconds count during a heart attack. Trust your heart to the hospital that is number one in Dalton, Chattanooga, and Cleveland for interventional coronary care. Hamilton Medical Center. Health.
0: Welcome back to Health for Life. We're talking about vascular disease, and uh, one of the questions that I have is that we've all seen or maybe even experienced varicose veins. Some don't know exactly what they are, and
1: I'm speaking from someone who doesn't know exactly what they're. What are varicose veins? So varicose veins are um, another sub—you know, uh, not a subspecialty, but a a section of vascular surgery that that we take care of. you know, arteries take the blood down to your feet. Veins take the blood back up towards your heart. Right. So it's it's basically the direction of the blood flow. Um, arteries are generally under high pressure. Veins are under low pressure generally. Um, people who have varicose veins and and this gets misconstrued a lot because there is a variety of varicose veins to the point that nowadays the 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 new nomenclature of this it, we we refer to it as venous insufficiency. Um, and venous insufficiency essentially encompasses a lot of different things. So oftentimes I'll have patients come into my office and, and I'm looking at their legs and I say, you know, oh, you've got varicose veins. And they're like, oh, no, I don't have varicose veins. I knew someone who had varicose veins. They were those big, ropey bulging veins that, that people often see. Right. Um, it That's not the only kind of varicose veins that there are. So varicose veins have a different... Um, depending on on how long they've been around, how long your disease has progressed, they can get worse or not. Um, Some people have just these little faint blue lines underneath the skin. We call those telangiectasias. Um, and, And essentially, it is a varicose vein. It's a form of varicose vein. It's a very small varicose vein. But the reason that you're able to see those varicose veins is because they're under tremendous pressure. Remember earlier, Bobby, I told you that venous system is a very low-pressured system. Mm-hmm. So if, for whatever reason, the veins become pressurized, then you will start to get development of those telangiectasias, um, which then develop into spider veins. Well, I was going oftentimes. to ask you about spider veins because I've heard spider a lot about them. Spider veins don't mean you get you know bit by a spider. No. It, it, it is a <laughs> slightly larger vein than a telangiectasia. Got gotcha. um, and, and they're on
0: the, the surface sometimes of the skin. Correct. Absolutely. You can see that.
1: Okay. You see them. Um, those progress over time, and that's the, the one thing that you need to understand is varicose veins, first of all, it's a, let's, let's back up. It's a hereditary problem. Um, people are born with it. Um, their mom or their dad had it. Their grandmother had it. They've given it to their kids, and so on and so forth. It's a disease that does not go away so they're so born with it they're born with it. it they don't develop it until they're older and I that's you, okay. and that's the that's why you don't see it in kids. that's the caveat yes I understand. you well we oftentimes well sometimes as a vascular surgeon i do see uh very you know girls as young as 18 20 that will come and see me for varicose veins wow so that that is obviously an, an early presentation but as you'll see in their history it, it they have a strong family history of that but it, it is all hereditary. And so in other words, you cannot cure varicose veins. You can treat it, but there's no cure for it because it affects all of the veins in your legs. Um, there's a, a variety of treatments that we, that we do perform. Um, you have to understand, however, that varicose veins, the older you get, the more you're on your feet, the worse it gets. Um, and so Um, people will say, oh, well, I've never had this problem until now. Well, yeah, you've always had this problem. You've just now started to notice it, and it's just now started to become more symptomatic. However, you've always had it because it is hereditary. Oftentimes, people will say, well, I was working in the factory, and I've been on concrete the entire time, and that's why I got varicose veins. Incorrect. You got varicose veins because it's a hereditary problem. Certainly... Standing on your feet on concrete all day long doesn't make it any better. Right. Um, however, it didn't cause it. It's, it's hereditary. Correct. It, it is, hereditary. is
0: hereditary. What is the treatment? What is the treatment for varicose
1: veins? So generally, we, we diagnose um, varicose veins uh, clinically. So in other words, you can just see them um, on the skin. And, and once you see them, then you know that that they have varicose veins. Uh, There are two vein systems in your leg. There's a superficial vein system and a deep vein system. The superficial vein system is primarily where people get varicose uh, veins from. So in other words, it's part of the superficial vein system. Mm -hmm. Uh, The deep vein system is deep within the muscles. So the um, treatment of these varicose veins is what we call compression uh, therapy. So in other words, what we do is we give them Uh, graduated compression stockings. Now these are not just tight stockings. These are uh, specifically designed to squeeze with a certain amount of intensity. They squeeze more at the feet than they do up in the upper calf. These socks generally will go from just below the knee to thigh or even pantyhose style um, and they will collapse the superficial vein system and they force the blood to go up through the deep vein system. The deep vein system is deep within your muscles, and every time you're walking, your muscles are actively pumping that blood out of your veins and back up towards your heart. Right. Um, now, the other component to this that we also take care of, remember I've discussed with you the superficial vein system, and the reason for that is that it connects to the deep vein system. Well, um, the vein, where the two vein systems connect, there is a valve, a one-way valve, essentially, um, and blood that is in your veins is supposed to travel from your feet up towards your heart. So all veins have these valves within them, and this, this is the primary problem with venous insufficiency is that your valves are not working properly. Um, and so think of it as a tube uh, with a valve that goes one way. So in other words, blood flow goes through the valve, it opens up the valve, and then the valve is supposed to close. People who are born with venous insufficiency, they're born with veins that are larger than they should be. Their valves don't meet. So in other words, they have leaky valves. That leaky valve is what causes increased pressure in their vein systems. Because now, instead of being able to divide the veins into short segments with low pressure, now you've got this big giant column of blood from your heart all the way down to your feet that's not divided by these valves. And so... That's what causes the increased pressure. Well, where the two vein systems come together, uh, it's up in the groin area. It's called the saphenofemoral junction, and there's a large valve there. Um, When that large valve is not working properly, then people get something that we refer to as reflux. Similar to reflux in the stomach, where more more people, I think, are more familiar with reflux Mm -hmm. in the stomach, where Mm -hmm. uh, you basically get acid that, you know— regurgitates It comes back back up, sure. And it gives you that burning feeling. So this is essentially reflux in the veins. So remember, the arteries take the blood down to your feet. The veins take the blood back up towards your heart. Well, imagine if one of these valves is not working properly, um, and particularly the one that separates the superficial venous system from the deep venous system, then you get reflux, which is blood will actually travel backwards in that vein. Oh, no. So when blood travels backwards in that vein, that also contributes to the increase in pressure in the venous system. Remember that the venous system is supposed to be a very low-pressured system. Right. So by increasing the pressure, then that's what causes these veins to um, show up on your skin. This is all great information, Dr. Duran. Thank you so
0: much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Bobby. For more information or an appointment at Hamilton Vascular Center in Dalton, call 706-259-3336. For an appointment at their Chatsworth office, 706-686-8090. You can also visit hamiltonhealth.com vascular to learn more. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. Be a hero. Stop a stroke. If you think someone you're with is having a stroke, ask him to smile. Does his face droop? Have him raise both arms. Does one arm drift down? Can he repeat a simple phrase without slurring? If you see even one of these symptoms, call 911 right away, cause when it's a stroke, every second counts. Hamilton Medical Center has a nationally ranked, highly trained rapid stroke team ready to care for you. Hamilton Medical Center, health for life.
2: Do you snore? Are you always tired? You could be suffering from obstructive sleep apnea. Hamilton Regional Sleep Center provides real solutions for sleep apnea, insomnia, narcolepsy, and restless leg syndrome. Overnight sleep testing is conducted by highly trained technologists in a warm and friendly environment. Call Hamilton Regional Sleep Center, 706-278-4757. That's 706-278-4757. Did you know that colon cancer claims over 50,000 lives each year? The good news is that colonoscopies save lives. Convenient appointments are available at Hamilton Medical Center's new Bandy Endoscopy Center, located at the corner of Broadrick and Memorial Drives. Hamilton follows CDC guidelines and screens for COVID-19 symptoms at the door. If you are age 50 or older or have a family history of colon cancer, ask your primary care provider to schedule your colonoscopy. Please don't delay important medical screenings. Your health won't wait.